Welcome to the Compounder Bros Podcast, where we go behind the scenes and show you how the sausage is really made. I'll be your host. My name is, of course, Billy, and I have childhood friend and also wealth management extraordinaire partner here, Pinch. Yo. Yo. Uh, We each have several years of relevant industry experience, and we've had titles as like in the likes of Director of Wealth Strategies, Vice President, and these are for, you know, major brokerages. You've heard of some of them, maybe, sort of. Uh, due to the fact that our bosses would have us killed if they heard us airing out our unfiltered opinions for non-fee-paying customers. And we've had to disguise our voices and our broadcasting deep from an underground bunker. Today is December the 19th. And we've run a screen on Standard & Poor's 500 companies with the best three-month returns and pay a dividend. So we're looking at the top of the stack here. These are companies that are coming off the machine, talk top of the heap. Uh, before we get to the fruits of our labor, a couple of important caveats. Number one, this is a caveat for Pinch and I. During the week, we have we do a lot of hard work. We listen to earnings calls. We meet with seven and eight figure clients. We're reading research reports. We've made sure and do absolutely none of that here tonight. Our lawyers say to remind you, this is just a couple of guys kicking back after work, maybe drinking a beer. Maybe just smoked a couple bong loads. We should not, and should not, I repeat, be taken seriously. Do your research elsewhere. On today's screen, we have Altria Group, also the owners of Philip Morris, General Electric, Target, and a little company out of, out of uh, Cupertino you may have heard of called Apple. These are, again, Standard & Poor's five, S&P 500 companies with the highest three-month returns, and they pay a dividend. So... We'll go one by one. Let's go alphabetical. Let's go. What do you think? Let's start it now. Alphabetical. Alphabetical it is. Altria. Let's start with Altria. The pincher. Let's go. Off the bat. Lead off hitter. Go. Uh, Okay. So just as a disclaimer before we start today's episode, I would like to say that I am going to give you advice as if you were my client. And what I mean by that is you're moving money over to me in either the form of cash or a mutual fund portfolio and you don't own any stocks. There are too many other variables that could go into buying and selling stocks that you already hold. And like uh, Billy said, we have done zero research today. So if I would like to focus this on more a buy or a no buy. And and Billy can do whatever he wants. We, we kind of run slightly different practices. So um, anyways, if that makes any sense at all, this is either going to be a, a buy or a don't buy. And in my humble opinion, uh, Altria is a buy if you don't own any stocks because tobacco is a defensive stock. Yeah, it can be an earner. <clears throat> they do invest in things like uh, alcohol and marijuana and things of that nature. The Altria group is what I'm referring to. But in, in reality, tobacco stocks are relatively non-correlated to the S&P 500. And these are stocks that have been proven to hold strong during recessions and it's a good hold in your portfolio. So I don't really need to go through the dividend payout although it's pretty nice. Pretty nice dividend these stocks pay. It's to me it's more of a non-correlated asset in the portfolio in Altria AKMO ticker MO is our flagship non-correlated asset aside from good old treasuries billy so for those keeping score at home pinch starts it off with a buy on outro group mo he says go home open up that robin hood account and buy 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 baby 
Yeah, so <clears throat> it's interesting. I, I um, okay, so to uh, before I come to my conclusion, and I haven't really decided where I'm going to end up. That's the fun of the show, right? Um, but I'll, I'll walk through a couple things that pop off the Y charts because we are fee-paying customers of Y charts. Uh, y charts um, one sheeter here. So, like uh, like Pinch said, six point three seven percent dividend. But boom. Okay, fully covered, looks good. I like the fact we have the 45% uh, ownership in Jewel Labs. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of a little company called Jewel Labs. I'm sure you guys are all college kids listening to this, getting your uh, scholastic on. And, uh, yeah, all your friends are addicted to uh, jewels and weed. So you guys are well familiar with uh, with All Trade Group. So we also have the 10% ownership in uh, in Bud, Anheuser-Busch, as Pinch had said. And then here's the kicker, the 45%. I don't see it here on the wide chart screen, but I know that um, it's something like that of Kronos Group. So, so I'll talk just for one sec about the Kronos Group, and I think why Kronos is an interesting asset is the so, – so as far as – you know, our, our, all of our followers, uh, our moms, um, that listened last week, um, they will know that we talked a little bit about weed and, you know, and, and Pinch and I, we, you know, we grew up here, uh, you know, wherever we grew up and, you know, we grew up smoking weed and stuff. And, and it's interesting, you know, it's kind of coming online. It's becoming legal. So it's interesting to kind of watch the market. And um, what's what's so interesting about their ownership in Kronos is Kronos is really, they're the Canadian major our LP, uh, a licensed producer, that is slow playing the whole thing. So while Canopy Growth Corporation has kind of come out, they've spent billions, I think, I think they've spent one and a half of the five billion that Constellation Brands gave them. Uh, Kronos, again, the subsidiary of uh, Altria, or, or you know, 45% or whatever it is, owned by Altria, um, ticker symbol MO in your Robinhood account, um, is uh, they're slow playing the whole thing. So if this weed thing... So here's what I'm trying to say, Pinch. If this weed thing blows up in our faces, which every day is looking more good and way? more likely... Well, or in a bad way. In a Blow, bad way. My way blowing up is a bad thing, right? Yeah, exactly right. So if this... Yeah, exactly. The marijuana thing blows up in our face. Like, like for example, canopy growth goes from 50 to 20 in a matter of months. Like it has. Sure. If it goes all the way down to... Continues to go south. Um Altria and their ownership of Kronos will be an interesting asset because they've really slow played the weed thing. They mostly are just going through royalties and they have not blown their cash like some of these other major producers like uh, Canopy Growth have. So anyway, it's a small part of the overall holding. 6.7% dividend. It's covered. Like Pinch said, cigarettes are defensive. They are not only just defensive, they are addictive. And for that reason... Uh, Billy's gonna slap a bu- Billy's gonna slap a big old bye bu- 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 here on Altria ticker symbol M O. Go buy it in your Robinhood account. All right, next stock up. Let's go with. Uh, well, we're going alphabetical. We're gonna go with Apple, but there was something I wanted to say. Oh yeah, sorry. Go back. Yeah. No, Altria. no, no. It has nothing to do with Altria. Oh, um, life. Yeah, the business. So. Uh, the business, son. Billy and I both had shit days at work. OPM. And the funniest thing money. about it is, is. Uh, I don't want to give it away too much, but the market was substantially up today. Large cap, aside from all the bad news. And you'd think, for you outsiders out there, think that we have bad days when the market's down. And we have good days when the market's up. Uh, Billy's taking a quick break, but I was going to ask him, like, how unrelated is what the market does in a day dictates how good of a day we have. And so I'm just going to ask you another question because that was a loaded question. What 
is the worst. What is the thing about this business that makes your day suck? My boss. Okay. But besides that, I would yeah, well, say. Well, and, yeah, elaborate. Yeah, yeah. No, um, that's a whole other thing. If I elaborated, uh, I'll end up, wide, you know, dead in a ditch somewhere. So <laughs> I better not. Um, but, <clears throat> I, no, I, I kid. I, you know, the business of OPM, the business of gathering assets and allocating. Um, I, I would say the the hardest part for me is having to explain to somebody that doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about why you <laughs> um, their 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 you know, harebrained idea of like levering their IRA to buy Bitcoin is probably not the best move. That's that like re-explaining the the simple stuff, fundamental the fundamentals. Yeah. That's that's what kills me. You know, but that, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, um, yeah, sure. I mean, that is tough, right? Because you are an expert in something, so to speak, and not only is someone disagreeing with you, and that's never accepted well when you're a Type A personality, and if if you're trying to be a broker and you're an introvert, good good effing luck. But uh, I guess the point the point that I'm trying to make here is that. Uh, is that that stuff can be frustrating for sure. I think also like uh, when I worked at the big firm, having to push products. I mean, there's nothing more unsatisfying as a human being. Amen. I've been there, yeah. Than having to sell something that you, not that you don't want to sell, like it's just you don't want to sell to everybody. Right? Not everybody's the same situation, and your firm's going to tell you that. So I guess I guess where I'm going with this is is it's not what the market does that changes that makes our business hard. It's everything else. Clients are tough. Clients are very tough. Uh, some are great. Some are awful. They, they treat you like you're an employee. Bosses are brutal, and nothing, nothing is worse than when a bank. Where a firm goes, hey, we need you to sell this, and here's why, and they feed you a bunch of BS when you know they got way too much of it on the shelf. They're trying to unload it, and they want you to damage your reputation to sell it to your clients. That is what separates the men from the boys in this industry, and let me tell you, the boys walk when that happens. And gentlemen, ladies out there that are getting in this business, if you think you're going to do this, that will happen to you. You are going to have to fight through it. You are going to have to do what they say. And eventually, you're going to build a relationship with your clients that that you're going to be able to take elsewhere and do the right thing. But I also challenge, paid, you, son. challenge you to smile and throw the Kool-Aid behind you. Don't listen to them. Don't jeopardize your integrity for anybody. Don't lose sight of that. And if you get into this business, you will. Your first couple of years, you will be blinded by dollar signs. You will listen to your bosses because you think they have your best interest in you. And I will promise you, I don't care if they invited you to Thanksgiving. They do not. So that was my my tag because I don't want to talk about Apple. If you don't own Apple. I'm ready to run through a wall right now. And you're the game. I mean, own Apple. God. I mean, how, <laughs> that's all I got to say. Buy, 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 buy. Don't sell it. Hold it on. Give it to your grandkids. Um, it's as good as a life insurance policy. And obviously that can change. But as the way I see it now, healthy company, I don't want to talk about it. Buy them.
Love it. So we got the implicit God's given right. You're a God given indoctrination is to buy Apple. That's uh, that's what Pinch says, and I believe it. So last three months we're up twenty seven percent. Last five years we're up twenty percent. Last three years we're up thirty four percent. What do you want to know? I mean, what is there to know here? Um, I mean, but the fact of the matter is, I, I will say to, to play devil's advocate for Pinch just a sec. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is this certain this run here, these last six months, the last one year we're up seventy three percent total return. Okay, that's a little insane, and that's that is. That's off the low in December. Come sure, on. absolutely, that's true. But that's multiple expansion. You're you're not wrong. Uh, we have a, a trailing twelve month uh, price to earnings ratio of, of twenty three. The three year average is seventeen, um, and the uh, the five year median is more like sixteen. So you know, I, I Apple is a fifteen PE. You know, paying buying it here at twenty four. You know, it's it may not be the it's not going to be the same investment that it is at buying at fifteen. Um, and we don't, you know, we got We have a lot. We have a one point two trillion market cap company, um, and you know, we don't have we don't have the project the product runway that we that we had, right? And I guess that's every every company that sells products ever. But so we have to come out with the next product. So that's you know that's tricky too. With that said, I own the stock. I I would I would maybe lightly buy it today if I had a hundred thousand in cash and I was you know thinking of what to do with it I might buy a little bit of Apple just for the dividend and the you know the dividend uh, um, you know what I expect to be outstanding dividend growth going forward of a you know it's a one and a half percent dividend but if they can raise it at ten fifteen twenty percent a year you know I, I'm good with that so so I'll say I'll slap a uh, Billy buy on Apple there so Apple buy okay so we're, we're already to. General Electric. Alphabetical, yeah. So, State College guys here. So, GE comes for T. So, let's go GE. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I don't buy this company. They've been struggling for a long time. Um, they've had some huge improvements over the years. But you can see in the, in the dividend history that they, they did – they played – and I could be so wrong on this. I'm looking at a Y chart, making a huge call here. So, sorry at home if I steer you wrong here. But do your research elsewhere. Have Have you ever heard of the dividend trap, Billy? I'm talking to you because the listeners Absolutely. don't speak back. So the dividend right. trap, right? Something. For those of you that, for those of you that don't know, what the dividend trap is is the yield on a dividend, right? Or the percentage, the you know the the dividend per share will go up automatically if the stock price goes down. So you got a lot of brokers out there selling the dividend on General Electric through 2012 to 2000 wow 2017. 2017 you could see it starts to unwind and that's what we call the dividend trap because you have you have Pete you have a company who who keeps the same dividend as the as the stock price is going down although that dividend payout is coming from debt you literally have a company that's attracting stockholders by acquiring debt to pay a dividend so i don't buy this company i i, I just don't it's not saying it's it can't turn around but you know you look at the, you look at the chart you look at the financials nope stay away from general electric for the next for this for this month, anyways. 
All right, for their, this month, Pinch says stay away from GE. Yeah, I can't disagree. So I think that uh, this, I'll just I'll use this stock as a platform to talk about just how hard this game is, right? So GE, for many, many years, was a dividend aristocrat, right? It raised its yes. dividends for 10, 20, 30, 50, 200 years in a row, whatever. Mm-hmm. The company started in 1892. And then 2008 happened. And uh, they got their shit pushed in, for lack of a better way to say it. And and GE Financial, you know, whatever. I wasn't there. I don't know the story. GE Financial blew up. I would actually like to comment on that. Go ahead. So part of the Step reason in. that GE uh, blew up is they, I don't know exactly, did they buy Genworth? Did they Did they start, are they, are they Genworth? But well, I'm talking about they the are, insurance company. Genworth. Hi. I'm talking about the insurance company. They were a huge long-term care leader that sold policies at a very low premium. And for like, pretty much drove General Electric into bankruptcy because the claims were higher than the reserves and the premiums that they were taking in. They underpriced their product. They were one of the biggest carriers of that product, and that is a huge reason why GE ate it so bad. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's interesting. I, I had heard similar uh, rumblings. So, <clears throat> but just to, so so yeah, to piggyback off that, so. Then Warren Buffett comes in, makes a makes major investment, blah blah blah. Uh, this is 2008, so then th- life goes forward. Here we are, 2019, the tail end. And uh, what was it? A month ago, two months ago, this was October 2019, um, or no? Excuse me, August. I see a, a, a post here. So, and this guy Markopoulos, who I guess was involved in the Madoff uh, unca- uncovering, is a forensic ac- accountant. Okay, you heard of this guy? No, he uh, maybe you're saying this- the name wrong. Uh, Markopolis, I don't know. Uh, Greek, yeah, yeah sure. Greek. He's a Greek, yeah. yeah. So this guy, this guy comes out with a short report on GE, but boom, suspends the stock. I get a, I get a notice from my brokerage, my employer that says you cannot trade GE right now. Your clients can, I, I, maybe they can or can't. I forgot, but basically we're suspending our rating of GE because of this report that just dropped. Right. So this guy drops a bomb on the market. The market, the stock moves down double digits enough to, I think, halt the stock if I remember correctly. Um, and um, long story short, the market opened up the next day. The stock, get, you know, gave up half the losses, so it went back up five percent. And my company came out, reiterated whatever position they had on it at the time. I think it was either a buy or a hold. They kept it a buy or a hold. Long story short, it was a nothing burger. Okay, here it is. We're looking at a, a post here on Citron Research, which is Andy Left's firm. The, uh, he's an activist short seller, and dude, mm-hmm. that guy is so smart. So the point is, like, and he's do- and he's, um, yeah, and he is uh, basically bagging on Markopoulos's report. So the point is that, long story short, you can have a great company. It can be the bluest of blue chips. Everybody you know can learn management from their way of thinking, right? The Jack Welch School of Management, all this crap. Mm-hmm. And here we are. Two thousand eight happens. They're a little too financialized. They blow up. Eleven years later. Um, you know, there's still accounting issues with it, according to this Markopolis guy. And like I said, a guy I really respect, Andy Left, the Citron page, um, you know, the guy from Citron Research, he says the Markopolis report is wrong. And, and like I said, uh, the brokerage I work for said it's wrong. So the point is that this game is so tricky. Uh, I tried to read the, the forensic account, and it's like a, a 30, 60 page doc. I try to get through part of it just for fun. You know, gee, it's an interesting stock. It's such a blue chip you know, bellwether that kind of fell from heaven. So long story short, um, you know, it's a crazy game we're playing, you know, it's, it's, uh, 
these organizations, you know, we, we're buying and selling pieces of paper, but these pieces of paper, they represent more than that. They represent a fractional ownership and a, a, a little piece of a business that provides a good or a service to society, and, and um, it's an infin- in, infinitely complex system. Um, so I'll close with that, and I'll put a, I'll put a sell on it. So anyway, moving on. Um, <clears throat> GE, you know, it's a consensus sell, or, uh, you know, Pinch doesn't put sells. But uh, it's a non-buy from him. It's a sell from me. You can read it both as a consensus sell. Lastly, yeah, if you moved it into my account. But I do have I do hold GE because there are people with stupid cost basis on it. Sure, they inherited. The, that's I why actually, I say I got clients on hold. That, yeah. it, that's why I say like every situation is different. Don't assume that Amen. Because if you own it, and I say don't buy it. Doesn't mean you should sell it. That's why I just say if you moved your money to me, you gave me a bunch of cash. I wouldn't buy General Electric, and you're Amen. welcome. Yeah. Right. Consensus. Yeah. So I think we're in agreement. Are we in agreement on all four so far? Are all three so far? I Altria, so. you put a buy, put a buy. GE sell, Apple buy. So yeah, we're in agreement. This is uh, disgusting. We're going to have to disagree here, hopefully. So uh started off the Target so I can know which one not to pick. Yeah, sure. I'm a buy on Target. I'm a buy on Target. Yeah. And so, um, again, like I said about Billy and I, we do things a little differently. We actually are... Uh, chart readers where I go, where I work. Um, we do mutual funds, ETFs, all those things. But as uh, enhancers, we buy stocks, and we buy stocks based on charts. We also look at the economic data, the Y chart, all those things, right? But the timing of a buy, if you're not going to hold it for a long time, is everything. So you look at this chart, and you see breakout in high volume after breakout in high volume and then consolidation and if you look at the chart right now it almost looks like just like it did last quarter and the quarter before that it's almost identical it's like a staircase that is a trader's dream we will ride it on the next breakout and dump it at the top and that is what we do and in a stock like this that is probably what you do because retail is so cyclical but target is probably the if not the prevailing retail Aside from Walmart, but Walmart doesn't count. They're they're in a different world. Target is actually competing with Walmart, but they've done a lot of done a lot of great things. I mean, they have put the heat on grocery stores. Pretty smart, right? Yeah, retail going out of business, so they're going to become a grocery store and appliances. So right. no one buys appliances at the right. grocery store anymore. Back in the day, you would. Back in the day, the grocery store had an aisle for pots and pans. They don't anymore. Yeah, it's targets. Targets is the reason for that. So, long story short, right now, flat chart, volume's going to come through over the holidays. Everybody knows it, um, if not already, but the volume hasn't really come through. So I say it's buy. So we got pinch with a buy here. Interesting discount stores. I wouldn't necessarily call it a discount store. That's the industry. Um, so. <clears throat> yeah. So okay. So here's what I think. I'll start here. Let me say this. I want to shout out quote the Raven podcast, and I want to shout out um, his guest Jeff Mackey, who's like an independent analyst, and he covers retail. And first of all, quote the Raven podcast. I just want to say that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this. So, uh, mom and dad, thanks for listening. And um, and I think that this is um, you know that that's a great podcast, and and one of the best ha- guests he's had is Jeff Mackey. Jeff Mackey is uh, a great guy and uh he's just a man's man and you know very very interesting analyst long story short he raves target the target school of man target is you know they have a deep bench they have a lot of uh managerial expertise 
And, um, you know, that's why maybe people pay 12, 20 times earnings for a retailer, you know, because I, you know, me personally, you know, to own a retailer, right. And pay 20 times earnings is a leap of faith, I would say. But, but I'll say this three months tra trailing return, 19.6% dividend yield 2%. So you can still collect a 2% coupon. Um, you have a, a six month, you know, you're paying 20 times earnings. Don't love that. Um, Five-year returns, 12%. Uh, Six-month return, 50%. One-year return, you've doubled your money, 99.6%. Um, so long story short, you know, it's a, it's an absolutely, you know, it's a fascinating company. Um, and they're, like like uh, Pinch said, they're absolutely a, a dominant force in retail. And for that reason, I can't sell it. Um, I'm not, I can't personally come out and buy it with fresh cash. Now I wouldn't go with my money. It's just a little too rich for my blood. And so just to mix it up, I'll put a Billy hold on target. Go mm -hmm. ahead. Sure. I mean, yeah. So those of you at home, if you know how to read a candlestick chart, look at this thing. It's insane. It responds to volume. Like, yeah, no other stock. I mean, we're talking 15, 20% gains. On, on a high volume day, average volume is quite low, which means people don't trade the stock. Another great freaking thing. Yeah. Right? Um, no, it's a great outfit. Great company. And I'm not going to look at phone ownership or talk about any of that because that's too close to work. But, yeah. um, right. So where are we? We're done. Yeah. So we're good. So, you you know, you, you the soapbox is yours. Go ahead. Do you have anything else you want to add to, you know, our following day? I did. I did. I, I kind of forgot. Uh, I, not to change the the course of this. No, go ahead, podcast, man, dude. It's it's but free I feel fall. like no one's listening I feel like if you're listening, yeah, who's it's, listening to this, this part? I and too, if, if they've got through are. four pitches, they think they're writing it down. Like, oh, Billy says, <laughs> hell no, they're old not. target. No, I think I think <laughs> I'm gonna go and rob it. If I were target. to take a huge stab out there, let's if take anybody, a, If anybody ever were to listen, let's to this, take a it, tip from a guy named Pinch on Apple. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I digress. Are you done, Billy? Jesus fucking Christ. So I think if we have listeners, they're probably Retarded. college kids that are looking to get into this business and they want to hear like, what am I getting myself into? Right, like how do they pick stocks? I know how I pick stocks, right? Even in college, I traded in college, traded options, traded indexes, thought I knew what I was doing. Things are different now. Um, so I would want to hear, I would think I want to hear about the business. Yeah. Right? And like, what, there's so many avenues in this business. No, most people, yeah, mo go ahead. Most people, I want the real, the whole point of this podcast is the real shit. The real shit. Yeah. The, so the yeah, go sausage, ahead. Right? The floor the is yours. Sausage. And so, um, so yeah, if I'm coming out of college, first of all, if you don't get an internship, you're fucked. Don't even get in a <laughs> Don't don't even get into financial services because if you waited till you're after college to get into the shit, you're so fucked. Um, that's my opinion, Drew. Or if <laughs> yeah, I did draw that thing the other day, but that's not what we're talking about right here. Yeah. The um, yeah, no, I agree. It's it's one of those things where it's well. Did you were you an intern? Are you a rare bird? No, I, I came in. I but yeah, no, basically you did. I you moved did. to St. Louis. Are you moved to St. Louis? Uh, St. Yeah, it's St. Louis. There's so many financial firms out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's a bunch. Yeah, exactly. Fargo's out there. Yeah, shit. exactly. No problem. Yeah, if anyone's trying to track me down, you can find me. Yeah, come straight, see me. Yeah, straight up. yeah. But uh, yeah. So so yeah. yeah. So so yeah, I did. But go ahead. Yeah. 
All right. So first of all, why is internship important? Because you never get they're not they don't give interns quotas. Hello. So you so you get to look inside and figure out what you have to sell on a shitty day, and if you don't like what you see, move on. Because every firm's a little different. And you might find some firm that's like, hey, this product I got to push, I don't really care. Bank of America kind of has a decent credit card rate. So if all they want me to push is a credit card, that's fine. But then you can go to an insurance company, and they'll tell you to be a broker. They'll tell you to be a financial advisor. But at the end of the day, they want you to sell 100 fucking policies a year. Yeah. And that's nothing wrong with that if that's what you want to do. But know that every firm has its thing. And, you know, the... They're going to feed you a lot of Kool-Aid. They're going to try and convince you it's the greatest thing and it's the right thing. And um, if you drink the Kool-Aid, you'll be very successful. You won't have any friends. And if you don't drink the Kool-Aid, you'll be brave. You'll be an outcast. But if you work hard, you hit that phone, you'll make it, and you'll make more money than any of those scumbags. And I assure you, because Drew and I, fuck, Billy and I are on the other side of that fence, or at least we're towards the top of that fence but it was a struggle so i guess my point is get an internship figure out what you got to hustle and then go make some damn money figure out what firm's going to pay you a huge salary get them in a war get prepared because guess what it, lo and behold most people coming out of college nowadays aren't ready for this business they're soft they're they they want handouts, and if you're not one of those people, and you know it, and you, if you aren't one of those people, you do know, you will crush it if you just think about number one, always do what's right for the client, say fuck the firm, you will make a ton of money. But smile and pretend like you're drinking the Kool-Aid. Do not act out. I repeat, do not act out. We learned that lesson the hard way. <clears throat> 904 bars. You know how hard we'd be going if we were rapping this whole time? We basically are rapping. But so I think that um, that's that's beautiful, and I think that that's, that's real. And that's, uh, that's why, you know, you're my friend and I wanted to do this with you. And I think that that's the real thing. Here, here's kind of <clears> – <throat> here's a – I was reading the, uh, what, the very powerful and mighty um, – what's the guy's name? The guy that wrote uh, this book I have right here. Michael Lewis? Yeah. Uh, um. Anyway, the uh the the stockbroker guy that everyone talks about. Um, uh, it's a, it's in my bookshelf there. The oh, guy. The yeah, Murray. Uh, Murray. You know. Are you Mur- talking about Michael Murray? No. Doctor Michael Murray? No, forget it. Well, anyway, so so I'm reading this. Oh book. no, that's Barry. No, I'm re- reading this good. Not Doctor Michael Murray, but uh, reading this book and it's about the business. Long story short, and the point is that there used to be that there were mutual fund companies that and they were sold by stockbrokers and there were insurance products and they're sold by insurance guys and there were banking products sold by banking guys which were bonds and mortgages sure. and or credit card or, or cd like you know all kinds CDs, of shit exactly. pedal through the banks right. and I, you know we've in and, and you know mm-hmm. pinch and i we've worked at different channels and like it is what it is you know we're not better than anything you know but but the, th- the fact of the matter is that um at the end of the day if you're going to make it in this business unless you go like get a cfp in, in college you know, we are not talking to analysts. Which we're by not the talking way. to you. You're not listening to our podcast, first of all. If you're you're an definitely analyst. not this deep in it. Yeah, no. that's not. We're not. You wouldn't no. hang out with us. This is the sales side. This is the state yeah, school are, side. We're, we're brokers, th- son, and we're not right. afraid of it. Right. It no, is what it is. It is what it is. And so, at some point, you're going to have to sell something. But just know this: at the end of the day, 
if you can look yourself in the mirror, that's much important. Because all every, the vast majority of the big, because like if you can, if you can do it right, time it so that you get some assets from a baby boomer. There are a lot of gray-haired baby boomers getting out of this business, and believe it or not, they're looking for guys like us. So true. I'm looking at you there. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, Fresno State grad to you know, add, sit to, on the couch. To add to it, um, that's that's some good stuff. There are a ton of people retiring that want to give their book away and all you have to do no matter what your firm says you do get your series 7 get a 65 gear up to take over a big book and if they'll pay for it get your CFP is it going to teach you anything you need to know no it's not health insurance <laughs> right it's like health insurance and estate questions a bunch of yeah and you know home equity lines you know credit if you really want to help people you refer them to people that know what they're doing in those regards, we manage money, we invest money, we don't try and be experts in everything, but you can guide them along the way. So, you know, the CFP is a designation that will get you a book of business. It will get you the respect of people that don't know you, and that's it. That's it. And anyone who has ever passed that test and does what we do, you know, if they say anything different, they're lying. They're lying. It, or they just somehow became a financial advisor and didn't know anything about money and maybe a teacher or something. But I guess, I guess what I'm getting at is you get licensed. Always think about the next step. And, and there's an article out there. I think it came out like 2010 and I could go find it. It's called eat what you kill. I read it Beautiful. Su super Shout out. early in my career. And it is the most honest, best advice I could give any ambitious young person out there read this book eat what you kill never rely on a master or one thing to get your nut you gotta i think the first line of that article sorry to cut you off pinch yeah, yeah yeah is uh life tastes better when you eat what you kill it Just does it does if people give you food and make it for you it doesn't taste nearly as good as if you go out in the wilderness shoot that thing and cook it up on your own pan amen yeah no that's beautiful and i think that you know, it's we, we've uh, we've encountered a bunch of different situations as far as like, like I'd say this. What's interesting, I'll leave you with you know maybe one more anecdote from my end. It's just that it's um, a lot of these baby boomers that are getting out of the business. At one point, this was an information service. Uh, Charles Murray, I think, is the guy. Michael or yeah, Charles Murray, I think, is the guy's name of the book I'm reading. But um, and it's, he's like a you know he's a very classic guy in this uh, in this industry and so but but at one point but it's, he talks about this too and it's like at one point we you know at one point you couldn't find the the quote for GE unless you called your broker I mean right. how nice would that be <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> right and instead, oh it makes me sick how easy this job used to be trading is free literally I mean it's literally the information free. is at your fingertips right right and so. It you know at one point it was an information service. Now it's you know it's morphed into like a, a consulting. It's much softer. It's like a behavioral finance thing. Really is what it is. I think if we're doing if we're doing our job right. Yeah. Um. And and so the business has changed so much. But the point is that those baby boomers that came up in that old business, they were information guys. So so what I've seen is a, a some of those guys are really cool, very interesting, very pragmatic human beings. And some of them are fucking snakes. And I, th I would say a decent portion are snakes. Yeah. And so when you're out there and you're talking to that baby boomer, 
just realize that at one point he was in a different business. He or actually he sold a mutual fund with a ten percent load on it. God bless him, right? You know yeah. what I mean? That is capitalism. Our mutual funds point five. Yeah, is considered relatively expensive. Sure. Did you hear that out there? Yeah. Ten percent. Right. Yeah. Point five. Right. Big difference. Amen. Yeah. Grab me one of those out of the fridge, will you? Yep, yep. And and um and so the point is that you just have to go in. You have to go in and know your opposition. If you get into if you get into bed with one of these guys and you take over a book of business, you are getting into bed with them. And and it's a very personal thing and you're going to can I have one of those? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. And um yeah, and so the the you know, it's like just go in you got to go in armed. Is my point. And at one point sometime these guy this guy you're buying a practice from or getting uh you know becoming his intern or becoming the bottom guy in this guy's team just know that at one point or not, not know but go in skeptical thinking maybe at one point this guy when he was selling clients 10% loaded mutual funds they couldn't even get a ticker on GE and now you know what you would have to do to get inside information on GE like you know what i mean so the point is that type the, it into a google search bar no no the, inside information yeah Right. The world has changed to a point where it's the business has changed, and so just be skeptical. Yeah, and last last bit, and live with yourself, and live in a way. So the point is, when you're selling this shit, just a one for one. Don't go into the bar and think you're you're doing anything. You know, don't think you're uh, you're God's gift. A, B, just do the try to do the right thing for people is what I'm trying to say. Because at the end of the day, that client is all that matters. If he'll take your call next year, the year after, and every year from there on out, even if you're pay- charging him ten basis points, there's a value in that because he'll give you referrals. He'll get, you know he'll you can sell him life insurance. Okay, there's there's still a value for each of those clients. So take care of them. That's who you work for. Not not Morgan Stanley, Amen. not Goldman Sachs, not any of that shit. You work for them. So anyway. Billy there are plenty out. of guys in 08, 09 that killed themselves because they sold products to clients. Literally. Little, no, I literally mean jumped off the, the roof of the building because they sold products to clients that they but blew up and they felt bad about it. Don't be one of those people. Uh, there are also plenty of guys that walked away with millions of dollars to give a shit. But if I have one last piece of advice, if you're sitting out there listening to this, maybe you're an athlete, maybe, you're just, maybe you're just a party animal and you want to make a ton of money, and you're thinking financial services, those guys make a ton of money. I have a secret for you. It's called a wholesaler. <laughs> you now, don't get me wrong. That's not an easy job if you don't fit what I just said. If you can't party every single night, if you don't like entertaining people, humbling yourself constantly, putting other people first, because that's what you will do. You will entertain. You will wine and dine at 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 the expense of your own. For hopefully a chance for one of us to buy your product. But if we do, all that hard work we spent 30 years for Billy and I. It's more like eight. But but you know what I'm saying. Advisors out there spent their whole lives building this book. And you can roll in there and make a $15 million trade just because you took the right guy to the right dinner to the right event. And he just made you eight hundred grand. If you're that guy, then you can do that. Don't fuck with what we did. It's way too hard. Be a wholesaler. But if you're more of a, I like to get to know individuals. 
you know, you want to analyze people's finances, that's what we do. But I got news for you. Unless you go work for a big bank, you won't make shit for 10 years. And after 10 years, he'll be living just fine. Unless you find an old guy. Find an old guy who's on his way out. Then you can make money quick. But you're right. Pinch is right. And that's why we call him the pinch. I mean, you think medical up. device sales is cool because that's what everybody, all the frat boys do now? The what? They're blowing it. Medical device sales. Uh, <laughs> You're blowing it. Go be a wholesaler. You'll make three Fuck times that. as much. <laughs> yeah. You Dude, will you wanna, make three times as much and work thing. half as much. Well, I promise. Here's the thing. You. Regarding, Unless you're, you know, you suck at it. But yeah. 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 No, regarding. I'm the, assuming you're good at selling. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Regarding the, you know, all these other jobs. That that's all interesting for sure, but th- but here's the thing. One thing about wealth management, WM as I call it, is that you are you have hundreds of clients, and so there's an an- there's a robustness. You might even call it an anti fragility to that. Indeed. And so, again, each client is an individual. You take care of clients; they will take your call. If they will take your call, and you're saying the real shit. Just know this, you're not, there's not a lot of people saying the real shit. So if you can, and for years, just be disciplined. Again, your competition is that baby boomer fuck who's been lying to people for 40 years. Or that kid with this smile that you can't figure out if he's Ted Bundy or a nice guy. He's not my competition, though. They don't have any AUM. AUM, the old guys have the AUM. Indeed. And that's where the AUM is. So your competition is the old guy with the AUM. So long story short... Just know he came up in a different business. Just do your thing, young young king, and uh, we'll see you next time. So, Billy, I'm out. Pinch. Peace. Out. Peace. Compounder bros.